Hello, I'm Dr. Scott Wadier. And I'm Tommy Welling, and you're listening to the Fasting for Life podcast. This podcast is about using fasting as a tool to regain your health, achieve ultimate wellness, and live the life you truly deserve. Each episode is a short conversation on a single topic with immediate actionable steps. We cover everything from fat loss and health and wellness to the science of lifestyle design. We started Fasting for Life because of how fasting has transformed our lives, and we hope to share the tools that we have learned along the way. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. My name is Dr. Scott Wadier, and I'm here, as always, I'm a good friend and colleague, Tommy Welling. Good afternoon to you, sir. Hey, Scott. How are you? Doing fantastic, my friend. Excited for today's conversation. We're going to be talking about habit ladders and habit stacking when it comes to adopting a fasting lifestyle. We're going to talk about some of the most common missteps and questions that we get. It's not a Q&A, but it is going to be focused on the things that you can walk out in your day-to-day, step-by-step, habit building, fasting lifestyle adaptation. So we're Mm -hmm. expecting this to be a very actionable episode for you. Want to welcome you in if you are a new listener to the show. Thanks for giving us a shot. If you want to hear more about Tommy and I and how our fasting lifestyle or how fasting has become part of our life and how it's transformed our lives, you can head back to episode one, give it a listen. If you're a long-term listener, We appreciate you tuning in. If you'd be so kind, go ahead and drop us a review. We, of course, prefer the five-star kind that tells the podcast gods and goddesses or whoever controls who sees what we do and says, wow, these guys are doing great work. They're providing value. So let's make sure that people hear their message. Whatever, However that system works, we know that it works better and we can reach more people by getting those five-star reviews. So Appreciate y'all listening in to this week's episode as well. So Tommy, when we um, when we start off with fasting, similarly to our stories, right, where we started, we were looking for a solution to this tricky little lifestyle adaptation that happens here specifically in the States, but also worldwide. As we get older, we get heavier. I can say this about me. I was getting fatter my visceral fat was increasing, my blood work was changing, it was ticking up. And I just noticed as I was going through the mid 30s into my early 40s, that I wasn't feeling as great. And all of the efforts and hard work and counting calories and tracking macros and coaching and workout plans and CrossFit and all the things that I tried, weight loss in a box programs that I only created, but also used to help people with in my clinics weren't working for me. And I was just like, what the heck is going on? So a lot of folks come to fasting to start or or restart or look to fasting as a solution to their weight issues, to losing the weight, getting it off, and finally keeping it off. But as we've talked over the last 180 plus episodes, there's lots of nuance to the weight loss game, to getting it off, keeping it off, and feeling excited and energized throughout the process when we kind of hit these little sticking points where Mm. it's just not doing what we expect it to do. So today's conversation about habit ladders is going to be a way where we can provide a structured approach to building new habits by breaking them down into small, manageable steps. Because everybody, hey, can fasting work for me? Yes. Unless you're pregnant or breastfeeding. Okay. Mm -hmm. Pretty much fasting can apply to anyone. Yeah. Okay. Number two question. What's the best fasting schedule? (laughs) Well, we need some context, 
Like, how do you yeah. live your life? What does your life look like? That's like, what's what, the best food, you know? Yeah, what's the I, best I, vacation there, spot? <laughs> uh, there's really no way to answer that. Now we have a lot fasting. of good ones. Yeah, there's lots. You can you can yeah. listen to a lot. Everything we've ever talked about on all of the uh, on the podcast, yeah. we talk about all those different types of fasting schedules. The Fasting for Life Blueprint, the free 20-page PDF that we have, you can grab that in the show notes. That has different fasting schedules. But there's always a but. If it's not sustainable, right? Or if you're not rewiring those habits, then it's probably not the right long-term solution for you. So if you're like, man, I want to lose 20 pounds. I'm going to run. I'm going to just start running every day. Yet you absolutely hate running. Your knees hurt. You don't even own a pair of running shoes, right? That's probably not the best place to start for you. Yeah. Great point. Even though it it might feel like it's a good idea. Yeah. Like I've heard it. I've heard people say that, right? Yeah. You see a reel come through. You're like, oh, look at that guy. He was overweight. And he, yeah, if he can do it, I can do it. Right. But maybe it's not the right strategy. So we want to give you some of that strategy in terms of how we rewire those habits. Because if we always think about the plan and never execute the plan, then then it's it's not the right plan for you, right? And fasting mm. for life has this connotation that we want it to become a lifestyle. And yeah. it's not as simple as just drinking more water, right? That's something you can probably teach yourself to do in a few days, just like you teach a dog to sit if you have a little beef jerky in your hand. By the end of one yeah. session, that dog's yeah, gonna know how to sit. <laughs> Yeah, it's right. not going to take very long, right? Yeah. But we're talking about sustainable lifestyle change and getting the weight off and improving our health and preventing disease and using fasting or time-restricted feeding or time-restricted eating patterns to do so, then there's a lot of nuanced levels in there. So these simple five steps to build your habit ladders, and I like the visual instead of stacking habits, I like the ladder visual because you're climbing up the rungs, right? We, we know that analogy in like the corporate world, right? You're climbing up the corporate ladder. So I like that framework to be able to build out some of this stuff. You know, habits are, are an interesting thing because in order to get a fasting lifestyle right, you know, or like, like build it over time, there's, there's different pieces to it. You know, like we can talk about, you know, how we're actually setting the fast. You know, you mentioned schedule just a minute ago. What about, you know, reflecting on my wins or on what I've learned through the process? The hydration piece is huge. Movement, exercise, whatever that looks like. And and not in the essence of I need to burn some more calories. Like that's okay, but that's really not the focus. One of the big focuses or, you know, focal points for me, I, I just did this yesterday we had a larger like like date night meal and i made sure like we got out for for a good walk afterwards like 30 40 minutes and i mean that and it's it, 450 it's, it's, degrees right yeah. now in texas right? i know but i felt so much better right? you know, afterwards like it, Rather it's than just, just sitting and melting yes, in the heat right but it's, the it's, hut. it's it's just big like i probably didn't burn that many calories but you know we we know the the research shows the yeah not the point right the de- the decrease insulin response and I, I could I could definitely feel the before and after effect for sure. So that that movement piece is huge. Even if you do have a big, hairy, audacious goal of like, I want to run a marathon or, you know, I want to become a, a strong, strong man or strong woman or, you know, do CrossFit, something like like crazy higher level ambitious, still breaking it down into something that we can like ascend through the levels is just a really important piece of like deconstructing the process so we can plan to win long term. So that's interesting. You mentioned CrossFit because I did it for years. I, I participated in the Open, took care of some of the local athletes here in Katy. They made it to the games one year. And CrossFit, you said the word crazy with CrossFit. But you know what I love about CrossFit? 
is that you walk into <laughs> the the CrossFit Katie shout out to CrossFit Katie here, the mm -hmm. original CrossFit gym in Katie. Now there's like 40 and there's like wow. over 250 in Houston and CrossFit Katie was one of the original OGs, one of the first five that opened in Houston, 600 square miles, four point however million people, right? Wow. Been around a long time. But the cool thing is, is that you walk in and not every CrossFit gym is the right fit for everybody, right? Depending on your skill level and where you're starting and what you want to achieve by going that route. But I remember walking back into walking into CrossFit and the trainer looked at me and she's like, oh, good morning. I'm like, hey, she's like, so glad you're here. Tell me a little bit about what you've been doing in terms of exercise. I'm like, well, I do this, 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 and this. And this was back in my powerlifting days. So lots of squats, yeah. lots of deadlifts, lots of bench press, lots of heavy weights. I was carrying around, you know, over 200 pounds of lean muscle on me at one point, weighing 265 pounds, 20 inch neck. Mm. Wow. No dress shirt ever fit me, being <laughs> a whopping five, nine and a half on a good day. So she looked at me like, oh, okay, well, not sure you should go into our advanced snatch routine this morning. She's like, why don't you come over here and try the, the beginner boot camp class? And I was like, okay. Mm. So they literally walk you through like a ladder mentality. Like they're like, hey, all right, first come in, free class. Let's go over here and get you just in the basic movement class, mm. right? And then I did that for a while just to get the basic movements down of the things that you were gonna be doing in the general CrossFit class, right? I had never yeah. snatched before. Like I'd never thrown a barbell over my head. Well, there's a lot of things that can go wrong when your mobility sucks and your shoulders are stiff mm. because of all the power lifting from all those. Yeah, years. just like the single plane track movements. Yeah, yeah. You know? So I, yeah. she just looked at me. She's like, okay, we got some work to do here. And then progressively, <laughs> I was able to go into the boot camp classes. And then I started doing the general classes and doing a lot more mobility and pre, pre stuff before class and after class. And after a while, I was like, all right, now I can do the majority of the basic movements. Now I could still never and have never been able to do a ring muscle up. Oh yeah. Okay, can't do That's it. Where you, where you yeah. swing on the rings and you sweat and you, and you end up locking your arms out and you're like literally in the air, like with the rings down by your side. I could never do it. Yeah, gymnast move. Yeah, gymnast move. Could never get there, right? In the few years that I did it. But I was able to progress through those skills and those incremental stages. So these habit ladders progress through those similar incremental stages in adopting a fasting lifestyle. Now, when we say lifestyle and fasting, it's not just about the weight loss. There's a couple other drivers of insulin resistance that I wanna to highlight, Tommy, that are gonna be able to, as we unpack the five steps, and the first step is the identifying the goal or the habit behavior that you wanna change. So mm -hmm. as we walk through these stages, individuals can gradually establish sustainable and lasting results. So the method fosters a sense of achievement and motivation facilitating personal growth and improvement. Because this is what we hear. Oh man, it was working, but then it stopped. And when it stops, yeah. you lose your motivation. So it can't be willpower and won't power to drive you long-term. That works short-term. Activation energy, I'm motivated, I'm gonna do it, right? But it has to be you take an action, you get a result, and then you're motivated throughout the process. So you need to have the big, hairy, audacious goal down the line for whatever that is for you. Run a marathon, lose 50 pounds, reverse diabetes, feel confident around food, fix my emotional eating behaviors, mm, et cetera, et cetera. That's a big one. Yeah. yeah, this method will foster that building, that habit ladder type stacking mentality. And that will allow you to feel good about the process. Because if you don't feel excited about the journey that you're embarking when it comes to weight loss or fasting, guess what? You're not gonna do it. <laughs> it's just yeah. reality.
So yeah. when we identify step one, Tommy, identify, uncover, unearth, whatever word resonates with you here, right? <laughs> yeah. Identify the goal action you want to automate and ingrain into your daily life. So I know you have some idea, like something simple, like a fasting time. We'll unpack a few here in just a minute. For example, low quality, if you're eating a lot of convenient foods, highly refined processed foods, fast foods, you're having trouble closing your windows, right? You're, you're eating, we, we like to say nutrition window, not eating window, not graze fest, not feast, right. not your feast. nutrition oh, window sets your brain with the intention, oh, I'm getting some good nutrition in here every day, right? So you want to be able to label that target behavior, right? So if you're eating low quality diet, a goal behavior could be to, you know, increase that that food quality. So you might want to, you know, eat more protein and eat less refined processed carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's maybe it's cook more at home, you know, or like, like right? control your plate a little bit more, a little bit more whole foods, you know. So identifying that that target action could be like, you know, making big improvements to my plate or eating at home, like I said, or, you know, having having a good hydration plan. What like we talked a lot about, you know, salt and electrolyte supplementation recently, but that can feel very different from whatever I'm doing right now. And if it does, then that means, okay, let's just look if if I could fast forward, if I could snap my fingers and all the right habits would have just aligned and I would already be there, what, what would I want my ideal day to look like? Or what do I want my plate to look like most of the time? Even if I do have the objection of, yeah, but I have strong food cravings. I can't seem to get a grip on some of my emotional eating or something like that. Okay. Set that aside for a minute and just say, what would the ideal look like? And then that will be the goal action. And then we're going to reverse engineer it from there, break it down. Yeah. And it could be something as simple as like sticking to your fasting window, right? You're like, I need to stick to my fasting window, right? So mm. that's a, that's a great goal. But what are the small steps if you're having trouble sticking to that window? You start the intention of the day. Oh, I'm going to set out and I'm going to do a 24 hour fast today. And then by mid afternoon, you're eating and you're like, what the heck happened? Yeah. So maybe it's time to move that window, shorten that window and get good at hitting a shorter window more consistently. Guess what? The two things I just stated are later in the steps. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. we're going to unpack this with you. I mentioned insulin resistant drivers. So mm -hmm. I want you all to think about life, your lifestyle, right? So things for me, Tommy, I know you as well, stress, right? Adrenals, cortisol, the stress response was big for me in driving insulin mm -hmm. resistance the belly fat, that visceral adiposity, stress response, and then sleep. Sleep yeah. sleep was a huge one. So we talk in the challenges a lot about the, the things that are non-food drivers of insulin resistance, and those two are huge, uh, and then certain forms of exercise, right? So depending on your goal, right, you just don't want to try to, you know, do more cardio to lose more weight. That is not yeah. a good strategy for weight loss. So identify the goal action you want to automate and ingrain it into your daily life. So a mm. simple one might be hydrate, right? Well, when we get to step three, we're going to show you exactly what that looks like to make it super simple, right? So step two, we already kind of talked a little bit about now is how do we break it down into break that big goal action into a series of progressive stages. So the fasting mm. window, right? Moving it earlier in the day. So instead of going for 24 hours, how about you just skip breakfast, right? And yeah. instead of shoot for 24, shoot for consistently hitting 16 hours for an yeah. entire week. Just skip breakfast and start your open your window with lunch. Yeah, because if you if you can't consistently do that, 
They're like walk before you can run, right? Walk, right. but even like crawl before you can stand up, before you can walk, before you can jog, before you can run, before right. you can run a marathon. Like uh, there's even even just breaking up into in a few more sub steps can be very very helpful because if you if you're not consistently able to hit a a 16 or an 18 hour fast, do you really expect yourself? Are you holding yourself to the right standard to be able to set a a 23 or a 23 and a half hour timer for for an OMAD right now. So, you know, instead of instead of giving myself lashings for not hitting my fasting timer again, let me let me go down to a a slightly simpler or a little easier or lower threshold stage. Right. Let me let me get mastery there before I before I start increasing the complexity or the the you know the mental the mental aspect of it. And I, I really feel like that's that's important because in our go 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 society and a lot of perfectionist tendencies and you know just wanting to check all the boxes and all the all the social pressure that we see from all this you know curated life lifestyle social media and stuff like that, it can always feel like we're kind of underachieving. So giving yourself a little bit of permission. Yes, exactly. Giving yourself a little bit of permission to to drop it down a step to uh, downshift, if you will. And let me get that step right can be huge. I mean, you're not you're not wasting time. There's no there's no wasted time. Just just go. And so I can get that right. And then I'll be off to the races. We spend a whole day talking about goals and habits right during the seven day challenges. And Mm. we talk about this concept of standardize before you optimize. Yeah. So it's the same thing. You need to standardize your daily routine in the process before you try to optimize it. So, oh, I need to get a, you know, 90 ounces of water in, right? We just did a, an episode on hydration. Go listen to it. Mm-hmm. Really great. Salt and hydration. Well, if your goal is to drink a gallon of water a day, so you identified that as a goal, now you break it down into a series of progressive stages. It's probably not a good plan just to be like, yeah, I'll get it in today. No, get a special yeah. cup put it in a special place. So we talk about this for me, I delay my coffee 90 minutes in the morning now. Nice. So the first thing I do is I make my morning water. Before it used to be just drink 16 ounces of water before I drink coffee. Yeah. Now I do 30 ounces in a Yeti with a teaspoon of Redmond's and an LMNT. Yep. So now I've got 30 ounces of proper hydration setting the stage for the next step, which is okay, in three hours, I'm gonna drink some more. Yep. Right. And you need to break it down, maybe set a timer on your phone, et cetera. So step one is identify the goal action. Step two is break it down. And then what I just alluded to there was step three, which is the make it too easy I love every that night. Right. Every night. So it's it's that old adage. If you're going to go for a run in the morning or go to the gym, lay out your workout clothes the night before. Yeah. 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 Find your keys, put them in, put them right where you see <laughs> them. Right. Like. Yeah. Put the phone on the opposite side of the room so you have to get up, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's all these things you would do to make that activation energy simpler. So every night before we go to bed, the kids are in summer camp right now. They, they had a few weeks off. They finished school and then they're, they're in a, a camp for a couple of weeks. So last couple of nights, it's breaking out the lunch boxes, putting out their waters, right? And then every night, my wife and I, we set out our stations and it takes two minutes. I don't care yeah. how tired we are, or how bad the night's sleep was because of the baby the night before, whatever, yeah. right? Or the big it's kid wake, waking up just wanting to play trucks in the middle of the night for no reason. It's right. like, well, no, if if I have, so her two big Stanley cups are there, her breakfast thing is set up, my coffee cup is there, my Yeti is there, the LMNT is already out, the salt's out, like it's literally ready to go. So when I wake up in the morning on a poor night of sleep, I don't reach for the coffee first. Like I didn't make yeah. my coffee the night before, no. 
the iced coffee's in the fridge. I'll make that later. Like I, yeah. I go You're not right... going to forget about that part. <laughs> no, I got that one down. Okay. Yeah. 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 I got yeah, it, it. Right. Yeah. It's setting, it's lowering the threshold, lowering the activation energy that it's going to take to do the things that you really want to do when you're making those smart, long-term decisions when you're in a good, clear state of mind, but you're not having to take the action right then. I mean, you take one small action and it's like the night before, but it's getting you prepped because in the morning or in the moment or like hitting the snooze button again or whatever, like in the morning, it's so easy to go, well, I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll, I'll get to it tomorrow. Today's not really the, the right day to do it. It's not the perfect time. I woke up a little bit late, not yeah. feeling a hundred percent. Right. I mean, Certain it's so excuses, easy. right? Yeah. We could do those. Like we can come up with a thousand of them, like rapid fire too. Yep. So step one's identify. Step two is break it down. Step three is make it too easy. So for instance, my wife and I are getting back on track after having a baby. Well, she had the baby after uh, <laughs> I've been in the support role for the last 14 months, right? And yeah. uh, we're getting back into the morning routine where okay. nice. we're getting up a little bit earlier. So she's like, well, what are, you, what are you setting your alarm for tomorrow? I was like, well, 10 minutes earlier than I did today. Nice. She's like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea to like wade back into it rather than being like, mm. I'm going to start getting back I'm up at 530 off. when yeah. I've been sleeping in until seven, right? Let's say for the last, I mean, I wish it was seven, but it's usually around 630. <laughs> if I'm going to yeah. go back to 530, the pain of waking up the next day an hour earlier, especially if mm. I went to bed at the same time is going to be not sustainable. Okay. Yeah. So we need to Highly make it easy. Demotivating. Right? Yeah. Mm. So the same thing, if you're working on your sleep habits, right? And you go to bed wired and tired, you can't fall asleep while you're you went and downloaded our sleep guide and you're like, all right, I need to focus on sleep because I know it increases my blood sugar variability. I know my cravings go up. I know I'm more hangry. I know it leads to insulin resistance, like all of these mm. things. But the night before you're like, all right, I'm going to shut off the Wi-Fi. I'm going to put my phone in a EMF bag and keep it in the kitchen. I'm going <laughs> to TVs off two hours before I'm going to read journal, blah, blah, blah. And you have this complex yeah. like night routine that you've right. never done before. The complexity will kill the action. Yeah, the perfect, so, the picture perfect. Routine. Yeah. So it's like, okay, how about instead of, you know, staying on your phone, let's say this, I'm speaking from experience, you know, looking at pictures with my wife of the kids mm. before bed. Now we do that at our lunch dates. Hey, I nice. want to show these pictures with you, rather than, oh, let's look at the day. Cause then you're on your phone and the yeah. blue light and the, and the dopamine, right? And the scrolling. Oh, yeah. And the next thing you know, it's a couple hours later and you're still there. Yep. So how about just, 30 minutes earlier, or how about I'm going to do that in a different place. I'm going to do that in the living room, standing in the kitchen rather than laying in my warm, comfy bed. Yeah. So now that I've done that, I've checked the box. Now I go to bed, phones down, phones off, and you can prioritize that sleep. So whatever that nice. goal is, step three is to make it easy, make it too easy where you don't have to think about it. Cause once we start thinking, yeah. that's when we open our mouth and insert our foot. So step one, identify <laughs> step two, break it down. Step three, make it too easy. You know, a couple of two easy things that we did. One was we got ourselves a little smart plug that connects to the little Echo Dot, you know, so the smart. little Amazon thing, you know. So you can say, you can say, Alexa, set a sleep timer for 20 minutes, you know. So you can, you can insert a sleep, a sleep timer, you know, for the TV or whatever device you want to shut off, even if you don't have one built into it. So that's kind of cool. A little smart plug hack there. And then another one is, I replaced my alarm clock. So I got like a little, like a little sleep, you know, a little sleep watch, sleep band that will vibrate 
to wake me up. So, so my wife doesn't have to be frustrated with my wanting to get up earlier. And it also helps me actually get up besides, you know, just a blaring, you know, loud, high pitched noise or something like that. So yeah. that, that was like a game changer for helping me to, you know, be able to, to get up, you know, find, find some more time, but also prioritizing the sleep and, and my nighttime habits because I know that alarm is going to be effective in the morning. So it's like it's automatically motivating me to get better sleep and control my sleep hygiene at the end of the day, too. And if you're trying to get back on track or you're starting out with fasting, and you just can't seem to get the result or the scale stop moving or you're just having trouble closing your window or sticking to your window. And when it comes to the fasting side of things, make it too easy. Add 30 minutes from yesterday. Yeah. Add 15 like minutes. That. Make add it one. so, <laughs> add one minute, like right? Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Just make it so easy that you can consistently hit that target. Okay. So, step four is progress. This is where most people screw up because they try to go too fast. After a couple of weeks or months, progress the habit, but wait until you're ready. And you're going to go, well, what is, I don't know. Well, you're going to know, I know what I'm if ready. you go too fast because you're not going to keep doing the habit that you're working on. You're going to fall off. A week goes by and you go, oh, man, I only did it once today. Right. Mm, so it's yeah. crucial that you don't rush this step. This is the standardized before optimized conversation. So many people want to move to the next stage after a couple of days. We are creatures mm. of habit. So remember, we're trying to automate these and rewire these neural pathways. So it should become almost unconscious part of your day before you move to progressing forward to the next step. This is where most people <laughs> fly the nest too soon and they go fall back into those old habit patterns quickly because they didn't sit in this stage long enough. So it's almost like you need to be at the point to where you don't even really think about the current rung on the habit ladder where right. you are, right? Like, and it, it feels natural. You're doing it without thinking about it very much. And then it's like mm. after sitting in that, and then that becomes very comfortable to where I'm, I'm really not thinking about that step anymore. That's kind of how, you know, you're ready to wade into the next step yep. at that point, you know, or the, ne the next ascension. And the cool thing is it's trial and error, mm. right? That's yeah. all it is. You're not going to die. The world's not going to end, right? Like if if you try and it, it, you're not ready yet, that's fine. Yeah. Right. It's change is as, inevitable. As long as as long as you don't give up, though. Right. If you fail at the next step, right? Right. Because that can be like that right. perfectionist. Ah. Hey, y'all! Wanted to take a second and tell you just an incredible story about an amazing company that we've come across recently, um, and now they are a sponsor of our show. It's AirDoctorPro.com. You can head to the website, use a promo code uh, fasting for life to receive up to $300 off. But most importantly, uh, my little guy, my two-year-old has not slept consistently through the night, uh, since he was born. We have tried everything you can imagine. He is our third child. And we're just like, what is happening? So we have gone to great lengths, time, money, and effort to figure out, um, how we can help him sleep. And, uh, the reality is, uh, we were pretty much just resigned to the fact that this is how it's going to be until we put the Air Doctor Pro in his room. And I am not joking when I tell you the first night that we put it in his room, he slept through the night. The second night, slept through the night. Now we're up to 35 plus days that he has slept through the night. He has only woken up two times, rather than two, three times a night, two times in the last 35 days and counting. And we are just so incredibly grateful. The reality is uh, we had a feeling that it was something that we were missing and the indoor air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air these days. In some cases, up to 100 times more. We spend 90% of our time indoors. 
and we take 20,000 breaths a day. So what's the solution? An air purifier a cut above the rest. I'm not going to lie. We have tried others. We've tried other HEPA filters. We've tried other air filters. We have spent the money and they have not done the results that Air Doctor did in literally the first day that we put it in his room. They filter out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants. That includes pollutants such as allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mite, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. So I don't know what it was that was keeping them up, but it is now gone. So Air Doctor comes with a 30-day breathe easy money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com. Use promo code fasting for life to receive up to $300 off air purifiers. An exclusive listener um, offer for you as well. You'll receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. That's exclusive to you, the podcast listener, now hearing this in real time. Lock this special offer by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code fasting for life. You guys know that we are very particular with who we partner with. And if it wasn't for this incredible company and this, the incredible results that we've seen, I would not be encouraging you to head to the website and take advantage of the Fasting for Life promo code. So if you support our sponsors, you are ultimately supporting us. We are grateful for you listening in. And now back to today's episode. So this step is tricky. We had, we had a, a question come up recently and we're on a advanced coaching call and a woman had asked, well, you guys mentioned after the challenge, don't go back to just doing like an OMAD schedule. Mm. And I was like, yes. And she's like, but why? And I was like, great question. Said, so tell me about your OMAD experience. How's it been yeah. going? Has it been getting results for you? Has it been moving the needle? And she went, uh, no, but well, I do it for a few days and then I don't do it for a few days and then the weekends and and all of this yeah. stuff. And I was like, so you want to go to the next level or you want to go back to doing what you were doing that wasn't working? Hmm. That's why we don't recommend doing that because it's not working for you. Yeah. It, it doesn't work long term. So that's this, not the right rung of the ladder. It's not right the now. right rung. It's not wired yet. Right. So yeah. the weekend warrior thing here is I love the idea of the weekend warrior fasting type, right? Where a lot of people, I'd say about 60, 65% from the thousands of responses that we've gotten say that they have a weekend warrior fasting habit where fasting mm -hmm. type, right? So this is a habit behavioral pattern where you fall off track Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, right? And yeah. then you have to restart again on Monday. It's very common. I've worked hard. I deserve it. I'm tired. More social engagements, date nights, dinners, church, family, all this stuff, kids stuff, Everything. right? All on the weekends. Yeah. So when you are trying to stay in step four, right? Where you want to progress the habit, you want to build on the habit, you want to make that progress in the long-term sustainability, you have to standardize before you optimize, right? So in this stage, when it comes to the weekend, Tommy, you had a really good idea on how to kind of compartmentalize that and live in this step for a little bit while longer before mm. you feel ready to say, you know what, I'm going to do a weekend and I'm going to stick to my my plan 100%. Yeah, this is a big one. I, I feel like because when the weekend starts, it can be like, okay, the ball starts rolling. And especially if that happens on Friday afternoon or Friday evening, I mean, you, you literally might have a solid... 48 hours plus, you know, that, that this could be, even if, even if I 
I'm diligent with my fasting during the week. I'm committed to it. It can still be like my head goes in the sand a little bit. I don't set a fasting timer or maybe I kind of say yes to anything that that pops up or, you know, whatever the case may be, it can just be a, a slippery slope. And if it if that happens very often, it can be hard to maintain control over the scale how I feel, recovering on Monday, the morning routine that we just talked about, everything. Because if I lose momentum on that, Monday, Tuesday goes by, and maybe it's not until Wednesday that I yep. get started on my morning routine, and then I might have three good days in there, and then here comes the weekend again, and it's all like kind of off the rails again. It's really hard to maintain high levels of motivation and, and keep going with that to make real progress. So in order to compartmentalize it, like think about it in in segments like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So if if typically your weekend basically starts on Friday, then you know setting your first target of like of just pushing that off until Saturday, Saturday afternoon rather than Friday afternoon is a big part where you took control over one third of the weekend. If you yep. think about it like that, right? Yeah. Or you know maybe it's maybe it's twenty percent of the weekend if things are happening Saturday morning and Saturday afternoon and Sunday morning and Sunday afternoon as well. Either way, you kind of split it up into buckets and like, hey, just gaining control over one of those buckets to push it off and just say not now is, is a big part. Yes, yes, and that's yeah. a win. Like we get dopamine hits from from doing that as well, yes. and that that Saturday afternoon feels even better because I, I maintain my control longer. The scale's not gonna tick up as much. I'm not gonna feel as off track, you know, come the end of the weekend too. And, and we'll, we can work on it from there, but that's, that's a big first step towards, towards progress of the weekend. You have a habit of this falling off the, the wagon on the weekend, right? Or when stress hits mm. or when you, yeah. so for me, if I did a big date night on a Friday night and then I indulged, had a couple of drinks, and maybe had a dessert, a big meal, maybe yeah. went to the movies and I got popcorn or something like that. Then the next morning, my sleep's gonna be affected. My craving's gonna go through the roof. My blood sugar is gonna be more volatile. I'm gonna have less blood sugar control. I'm gonna eat more. And then Saturday's gonna be more difficult. And then at some point, mm. my will power's gonna tank. And then, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know the story, right? It's only me yep. that this Slippery happens slope. to, right? <laughs> Slippery stuff, yeah, right? So it should almost be unconscious. So then, all right, well, let's move the Friday like you said, move Friday to just 12 hours ahead or 16 hours ahead. The yeah. Friday thing that you normally do, move it to Saturday. And that's literally, you said 20 to 33% of your weekend right there. This is step four, progress the habit. Don't try to just blow through this step. This is the one where we need to stay here until it becomes unconscious. It might be weeks to months where you're like, oh yeah, sure. we, we used to do that on Friday. Yeah, that was But silly. now we don't. You almost don't even remember. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Or maybe it's Sunday breakfast is now moved to Sunday brunch and you get a bigger fasting window in there on the weekend. We don't know what that is Love for that. you, but yeah. that's why there's step one, two, and three. So then step five, Tommy, and this is, you know, the one key thing, right? And it's not, there's not going to be confetti dropping from the ceiling or balloons <laughs> being released, right? Or, or some big like, whoa, this band. is like some like, this is some cool stuff. You got to patent this. This is like, yeah wow, you just invented the new light bulb, right? Like the LED, I wish that was me. Step five is stay consistent. So consistency mm. is key in habit formation. Commit to practicing your new habit daily or weekly, like we talked about with the weekend, even if it means repeating a step multiple times before moving on. Regular repetition reinforces neural pathways, making the behavior more automatic over time. So this okay. is not some grandiose aha. It is the reality of the situation. 
that to rewire habits, we need to stay consistent. And Tommy, this is no more evident than my daughter learning, my wife would say, finally learning how to ride her bike, right? <laughs> she's six. She didn't really show much interest in it. She mm -hmm. didn't really care. She's really fast. She loves running. So it was like, oh, a bike. Yay. And then whatever, <laughs> no urge to ride it. Okay. Yeah. Just didn't really want to do it. And then when grandma and grandpa came into town, it was like, my dad was like, oh, I'll, I'll teach you how to ride a bike. And three days later, she was riding her bike. Training wheels nice. are off. She's zooming around the cul-de-sac, up the driveway, over the grass, like <laughs> down the, the trails, like Pro zooming now. around, leaning into corners, right? But she literally was like practicing and practicing and practicing and practicing. And then a week went by and she didn't ride it because it was like 145 degrees here in Houston right now. And it was just too hot. So she's like, God, you know, I just didn't really want to ride the bike, right? So she got on it and then she was a little wobbly. She's like, Daddy, I'm a little wobbly. What happened? I was like, well, you haven't practiced in a week. And like, I saw the light bulb go, she, she goes off. So she went inside, grabbed a piece of paper and she wrote down the days of the week. And she was like, I'm going to ride my bike on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, nice. and Sunday. And I was like, wow. Okay, cool. I go, how many minutes? She goes, 30. I said, okay, that's a lot. Because <laughs> I was just thinking about our schedule, right? Yeah. I was like, and wow, the habit that's ladder. great. In the habit ladder. I was like, how about two loops around the cul-de-sac? She's like, yeah. And I was like, next week we'll do three. She's like, yeah. So when we pull back the layers, the simplicity is there, but it's the consistency that matters. So if you have a 100% perfect plan, but you only execute it 50% of the time, you're not going to get there. But if you have a 50% perfect plan and you execute it 100% of the time, mm. you are going to absolutely skyrocket your results. Wow. That's a, that's a great analogy. One thing you just reminded me of, it's like, you know, breaking back, peeling back the layers. When, when your daughter is, is looking at, you know, learning to ride the bike, there's an inherent, like, I'm going for something. There's an excitement. There's a new possibility. There's, you know, like a mode of transportation. There's a freedom component. Yeah. Part of, as, as an adult, that can be, that can be a tough part of the equation where we're trying to motivate ourselves into something really important. We're thinking logical, rational. Yes. Yes. But that's not how we act. We act based on feelings and emotions. Yes. So we Especially need, we food. need something. Yeah. And so, and, and that can be, that can be part of the, the tricky part of it is that a lot of us only think in food rewards, you know, for, for things that are like, that's immediately like, oh man, I had a rough time or I have a, a craving or I'm, I'm feeling stressed or whatever it might be. A lot of times we go to, to food and or drink to kind of, you know, balance those emotions or to hit our, our dopamine centers with, with a feeling of reward. So what, what's an important part of, you know, habit ladders and long-term success is going to be thinking outside the box for things that excite us, motivate us that are non-food related. We, we don't need to be rewarding ourselves in the kitchen for things that we're doing for our fasting lifestyle. Like it's just at least not all the time, not most of the time anyway. So let's get a little bit creative, you know, like pulling up, you can go, you know, Google these kind of things, non-food rewards and, and stuff, but things like an at-home spa day or a bubble bath or reading a book or, you know, like there's adult coloring books and like different activities, going to the library, watch your favorite show on Netflix, get a massage, you know, just, you know, you can, you can kind of rattle off these things, but in the, in the moment, they don't necessarily come to you very easily. So writing a few of them down, picking some of your favorites. Yeah, but but write them down so that when you take the the action, not waiting for the number on the scale, not the I'll be happy when, but when you take the action that's going to lead you there, then reward yourself with something that's non-food related. It's going to go a long way towards rewiring some of those habits that are going to get you closer to your long-term goals.
I love it. So what are habit ladders? So we got step one, identify the goal action you want to automate. Step two, break it down into progressive stages, right? So you want to do a yeah. seven day fast? Well, I wouldn't recommend just starting if you've never fasted before. Okay. Yeah. You want to run a marathon? You should probably learn how to run a 5k first, right? Train. Yeah. Want to learn how to bike? Learn to ride a bike? Get out there and practice, right? With a it's helmet. It's okay to fall. And maybe turning wheels. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Step three, make it too easy. So make that activation energy super simple, right? The water analogy, moving the fasting timer 15 or 30 minutes. You can do anything yeah. for 30 minutes, anything, okay? Just make it so simple where your brain goes, oh yeah, got it, okay? Step four, yeah. progress or progress the habit. This is the progress step, but you need to progress through the habit. You have to wait and be patient here, okay? Yeah. Now, if you've been waiting for six years, it's time to poop or get off the pot. Okay, let's go. <laughs> Be a it's, little impatient. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Let's have a little impatience here. But you will know when you feel ready. And then step five, the magic step is that consistency piece. So Tommy, as we wrap up today, talked a little bit about our journeys, talked about this habit ladder, which I love the visual that comes with that. If you're mm -hmm. looking for more support on this journey, head to the Fasting for Life community. So this is our private Facebook group. Well, it's our public Facebook group, but it's private because you have to you know, request access to it. We just don't let mm -hmm. anyone in. But yeah. if you're a podcast listener and you want to come join a community of like-minded folks that break the first two rules of fasting, talk about fasting, and we talk about fasting and get your questions answered or just be in an environment where you're around like-minded people to work on things like this, head to the show notes, click the link. We have someone that lets you in. There's a couple of questions we ask you. We'll send you a free resource. And it's just a really great place to be around like-minded people and to continue to build and walk out this fasting lifestyle. If you wanna look for that PDF, the Fasting for Life Blueprint, that is also in the show notes, you can click that link. Tommy, as we wrap up today, sir, I think there's a lot of actionable things here that people can do. So first and yeah. foremost, walk through the five stages, pick that goal, make it tangible, visualize it, feel it, and then you gotta walk it out and do the work. So as we wrap up, Tommy, appreciate the conversation. Hope to see you inside of the Facebook group. Let us know if you have any questions and we'll see you next episode. Thanks, sir. Cool. Thank you. Bye. So you've heard today's episode and you may be wondering, where do I start? Head on over to thefastingforlife.com and sign up for our newsletter where you'll receive fasting tips and strategies to maximize results and fit fasting into your day-to-day -day life. While you're there, download your free fast start guide to get started today. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a five-star review, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Fasting for Life.